Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. And wow, what a game by Syracuse today. 97-57 over Florida State in the 8-9 game in the ACC tournament. Biggest win for them since 2013 in the NCAA tournament over Montana when they won 81-34. Where has this team been the whole season? I don't know, but man, passed the ball, moved it. Samir Torrance came in, had the best game he's had in a Syracuse uniform. Nine points, nine assists, only one turnover. He was perfect from the floor, four for four from the line. He got one basket taken away. Otherwise, it would have been 11 points. He played good. Aslan played great. He had 15 rebounds. The ball was moved around a bunch. Syracuse had 23 assists. The star of the game was Cole Swider, 28 points, four for six from three, five for nine from two. Really had it going on. Going to need Swider to have another good game. Some hope again for Syracuse. But the biggest news of the day was Buddy Beheim because he had an incident in the first half against Florida State where he punched Wyatt Wilkes, player in Florida State, where it looked like they were kind of going back and forth, and he punches him. Now, in the game, he was not suspended. And at halftime and after the game, all the pundits were talking about it. It was all over social media. Jim Beheim was asked about it. This is what he said. I don't think he hit. I just, just, he just swung around and had was contact. The kid pushed him twice. You can't just let people push you around. You go front right. It wasn't much of a, it wasn't a pun. It was like, Coach, I'm watching it right here. It's on ESPN and it's being shared all over social media. He punched him in his stomach. It wasn't inadvertent. It would have been a Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Well, good. You say it. I just gave you my version of what I saw. Okay? We go to our next question. Can we disagree? Or do I have to? I don't have to agree with you, right? Oh, okay. No, absolutely. Nobody ever does in this room. Nobody in this room ever does. That's okay. It came down later, maybe four hours later, that Buddy is suspended for the game versus Duke. So it's going to be very tough. Now, to break this down, I had to call in some reinforcements because I don't know all the rules head to toe. So I'm bringing in Mike Lawson again. He joined me a few weeks ago. He's from Conduct Detrimental Podcast. He's an attorney. He's a producer on that show. He worked in the Syracuse University's compliance office, and he's a Syracuse grad. What's up, Mike? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on again. Sure, sure. So how does this process actually work? Because I know it seems like a long time when it happened until when they decided he's suspended, but you think it's pretty quick, right? Yeah, I mean, so again, th- thanks for the intro. I uh, I did work for Syracuse's uh, compliance office. I no longer work there, um, and, and I don't speak for the school, and and I don't know what the, what they're going to do going forward here. But I I think ultimately the ACC comes down with the suspension. The ACC was the decision maker here. Um, this is the ACC's tournament, uh, and obviously both you know, all the teams involved are within the ACC. I thought it was a quick turnaround because. Normally, this would probably go through a review board and they would need to decide um, relatively quickly. But the fact that there's a game tomorrow, Syracuse is now playing Duke. They've moved on after a nice 40 point win against Florida State, but they need to review this. The problem here is, is the process that normally goes into these type of suspensions. He was suspended for one game for a flagrant act. Now, the NCAA has adopted a similar model to what the NBA does with any sort of altercation or fight. Normally, when you look up 
flagrant flagrant acts it's typically in the in the form of some sort of fight or uh you can be issued a flagrant one which is an unintentional kind of act and then a flagrant two is a more aggressive intentional act when you look when you watch the video look there's no defending buddy buddy threw a punch at him it's very difficult to determine that he turns around and flails an arm and hits him which is what we're seeing it it looks like a punch he punched him now did the guy drop like a, a ton of bricks here after a little bit of a gut punch i don't know but regardless it's a one game suspension. Normally when you have any sort of infraction on the NCAA level uh, in compliance, you can appeal that, right? That happened with, with Bayheim back in the day when there was an infraction against Syracuse, you can appeal the amount of suspensions or penalties or whatnot. And it goes in front of an infractions appeals committee, right? I don't know what the process is for ACC or, or the fact that they could do anything normally in, in the area of law, you can get an injunction, right. To, to kind of stop something from uh, some sort of penalty from happening until it's adjudicated until it goes through the process. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen here. I don't, I don't see buddy. I don't see a way. Unless they completely pull off, which I, I doubt it, I don't see a way that Buddy plays against Duke. Oh, man, it's just been a tough season, you know, with all the things that have happened, the injuries, and then Syracuse plays their best game and their best player, the leading scorer in the ACC, does something that I would never guess in a million years he would do. He punches, he punches a Florida State player, Wyatt Wilkes, and you know the thing is, after the game, I, I saw them talking. It seemed like they were okay with each other. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, the coach of Florida State, didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. I know it's not up to them, and the video doesn't lie, but it just doesn't – I don't know if the, the punishment fits the crime because, right. in a way, if they just kick him out of the game, then, yes, it's still Syracuse losing him, but this game was pretty much over the first five minutes in the second half. So if they had kicked him out at that point, we don't know what would have happened, but it just didn't seem like they really needed him the rest of this game, and then he could play tomorrow – and, you know, it's just funny that I think that the ACC took pressure from the media and social media. Uh, you heard the clip from from Bayheim and kind of the exchange he had with the reporter. You know, this is the time where I always say, you know, attitude adjustment. You know, Bayheim likes to shoot from the hip when he talks. And, you know, there's no, nothing I can prove to show this, but when you do that enough times where you stick it to the media enough times, they're going to look to stick it to you. And I think the, not the Syracuse reporter, but I'm not sure the other guy's name I could maybe find out, but he said, I'm looking at the video right here and they just had a disagreement and it was a, it was a funny exchange, but in a way, I don't think it helped it. No, no, definitely, definitely not. And media pressure is everything. Uh, obviously we see that with, with no matter what venue or what sport we're playing in. Um, I'm, but but here's ultimately what the ACC does. They take precedent, right? If we want to go all the way back to, um, you know, speaking because we're just speaking about Duke, ACC, you know, uh, Syracuse is playing Duke next. Uh, Grayson Allen is the best example. Grayson Allen is one of the dirtiest players that come out of the ACC. Uh, and but there was precedent on him and it was a progressive punishment that he he had here. But he's never had any sort of. Foul. I don't even know. I, I'd have to look back. I don't know if he's ever gotten a flagrant, a flagrant one, let alone a flagrant two. And I here, yeah, he he wasn't issued a flagrant. He wasn't issued a flagrant one, a flagrant two. He wasn't issued a foul, any foul, no <laughs> foul. And sure, the refs might have missed it. If you know, it might have just been not caught by the refs. Fine, but 
under the, under the rules for flagrant fouls, it is reviewable. You can go to the go to the, the the camera and review that, and then they can decide to issue a flagrant one or flagrant two. That is a reviewable offense. So I don't know why that wasn't that didn't happen. They did review something later on. Uh, it wasn't, I guess, determined to be anything, but. Yeah. The player who the the uh, Wilk, uh, Wilkins right Wilkins uh, on Florida State he got off the the court he went to the bench uh, oh, and and when Florida Wilkes Wilkes yeah. uh, uh, Wilkes Wilkes went off the court went to the bench and the the Florida you know the Florida State bench didn't argue anything they didn't they didn't go for a review I, I mean they were visibly upset that that, that happened because he's on the, the floor and then you, everyone saw the review and they saw the punch but. Here's the precedent, the nearest, the, the closest precedent that the ACC has to look at. Um, if you if you go back a month, David Collins for Clemson uh, yeah. ran down after Wendell Moore Jr. and took his legs out as he was going up off the hoop, yeah, or you know up for a dunk or a layup, right? That was a that was might have been one of the dirtiest plays I think I've ever seen. He was running full force as he could clearly tell. There was no chance that he was going to block Wendell Moore. And he takes his legs out. He immediately gets issued a flagrant two. He's ejected from the game. And the next day, he's issued a one-game suspension. That was a pretty progressive, like, it was pretty obvious that that is what they were going to do. Now here, we have Buddy, who's sure. It looks like an intentional punch, which is different from the the descriptor of a flagrant one, which is typically an unintentional um, contact. Um, and... He's not issued a foul. He's not issued a flagrant, flagrant one, flagrant two. He's not ejected from the game, but they end up reviewing it later on after the fact. And then they retroactively issue a suspension on a flagrant act, which was never yeah, called. That's where I had the biggest problem with it. They were reviewing something in the eight minute mark, it looked like, but they didn't they didn't say it on the, the telecast that hey, doesn't look like Florida State's really challenging it, doesn't really look like they care. You know, that's not their exact words, but it's something along those lines. And then if ESPN's playing it at halftime or they've showed the replay, don't tell me the ACC is not watching that. So then they could have said to the referees, hey, go back and look at that. Can they can actually I should say, can they actually at halftime go back and look and see it and then do something right there and then and there or no? At that point, I think it's too far down the line, right? They they definitely reviewed something, and it had to have been that there it, because that review took place like two five minutes late, two to five minutes later. So right. at that point, they had already determined that they were they weren't going to do anything. Now, if you talk about punishment that fits a crime, if you were going to do anything, Buddy should have been ejected from the game right then and there. They should have yeah. ejected him from the game if they were going to make up their mind to to do something for for a punishment. He should have been ejected. Yeah. Then they would have had to review it. And at that point, they still probably could have issued him a one game suspension. Right. Um, because I, and then I think what you'd have to do is basis off of basis off the fact that you're not looking at the act, but you're looking at the punishment. So if you look at Collins taking out Wendell Moore, he was he was issued a flagrant two. And if they give one game suspension for for a flagrant two, then they would have to give a one game suspension for another flagrant two. Not necessarily looking at the acts. Um, together, but uh, as a separate entity, just because they're both flagrant too. So, yeah. Again, I don't, know. <laughs> I, I don't see a way that Buddy plays. Uh, another one people are kicking around on social media, which is going way back. It's 2005. Um, Chris Paul did something with Merrill Hodge, and then Wake Forest suspended him, not the ACC, for a game, and the, and he missed a tournament game. That's totally different. You know, it's not by the ACC, and it's not in the same age of social media and pressure, which I think is what we're talking about here. And 
I don't know how fast how fast could they get like a uh, an appeal, you know? Because any is there anything Buddy Bayham can do at this point, or do they just have to live with it and hope that they win? So that that's the ultimate thing, right? If they win, Buddy's eligible. It's a one game suspension. It's not continuation. So if they beat Duke without him, he is eligible to play in the next the next game. But yeah, I, I imagine if I if I was was attempting to get him to play, they would need to file an immediate appeal. Um, and, and that would have to go to the, the compliance office within the ACC. Um, and they would need to, I guess, make their case that this was exactly what we're talking about, right? This didn't rise to the level of a flagrant two uh, that we saw with Collins. Um, so where is the precedent that you allow a one game suspension for an act that didn't result in any sort of foul? Um, that that would need to be happening like right now. Those phone calls would need to be happening as we're speaking right now. It's eight thirty uh, on a Wednesday, on Wednesday night, uh, the night after the game. The game tomorrow against Duke is at noon, so yeah. it, it would need to be a quick turnaround. We would probably hear something by you know nine a.m. tomorrow if there was any sort of appeal uh, and 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 some sort of decision. Oh, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, it's just disappointing. Obviously, they came off their best win. And, you know, it's going to be a different look team tomorrow with Buddy's on the bench. I'll look to see the cameras on him the whole game during the game because they just will. And, you know, this is just crazy in my eyes that they play their best game. They lose their best player to a, a play that he never does. And they're playing the best team in the ACC. So, you might as well put all your money on Syracuse because usually when they're up against the wall is when they have good games. And sometimes these suspensions or these weird things bring teams together. I'm looking forward to seeing Simon Torrance in the starting lineup. And Gerard seems to rise to the occasion in these postseason games. You know, remember in the NCAA tournament last year, he was really good and talking smack. And I think he just needs to hit a couple shots early. And who knows? And as I said, Aslan played really well, but you're going to need maybe Patty Casey, the walk on to come in and even play some there. It's just, I, I have to say that, you know, I don't know the lines at this point, what they are. I'm sure they'll probably change because of the suspension coming out. I know Syracuse wasn't favorite against Duke ever. So whatever, but maybe a couple, a couple dollars on Syracuse could win you a nice weekend. But um, anyway, Mike, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, as I said, you know, I'll be watching during the game again. I'll be, messaging and stuff like that like i always am um you know i i posted stuff on a couple different chat boards for syracuse and you know there's arguments on both sides everywhere it's kind of funny it's just how syracuse fans are and i love it you know um but uh <laughs> we'll see what happens tomorrow thanks for coming on and breaking it down who knows if they uh if they change their mind i'll call you back tomorrow okay yeah definitely thanks for having me that was mike lawson producer of conduct detrimental podcast an attorney also worked in the compliance office at Syracuse. Syracuse grad doesn't work there anymore, but still a Syracuse fan and still always engaged in the program. Well, um, as I said, looking forward to seeing that backcourt of Torrance and Gerard, maybe a look at what Syracuse will have next season in the backcourt. Looking to see if Swider can put together two good games in a row. He did during that four-game stretch or three-game stretch earlier in the season where Syracuse was very dominant. Can't have a disappearing act tomorrow if Syracuse has any chance of winning. It's definitely going to be a tall task to beat Duke without Buddy, but stranger things have happened. And 
It may be an opportunity for someone else to shine that hasn't been able to shine. Maybe Jimmy has one of these games that he's having where he can't miss. Maybe, as I said, Swider has another great game. Maybe the Azalem has a great game. Maybe Sidibe. I don't care who it is. It could be a guy I don't even know on the team that comes in. Duke has owned Syracuse, not just this year, but the last couple years. They completely embarrassed Syracuse in the two matchups this year. Coach K is fuming from last week because North Carolina came into the Cameron and beat them handily in his last home game. There was all this talk about no handshakes there. They didn't honor him here. Well, you want to get back at Duke, beat them in the ACC tournament, knock them down a peg so their seeding in the NCAA tournament is not great without your best player. That would be the ultimate. And, you know, I know I talked about last week how disappointed, if you saw my social media, I saw our Facebook page, how disappointed I was after the Miami game and North Carolina game. It's just been a tough year and I was a little disappointed. But I got to say, watching Syracuse get that win today, at least they had this to say, look, we had a bad season, but we crushed Florida State in the AC tournament. And to make one better, guess what? We beat Duke without Buddy. That would be great. We'll see what happens. Again, thanks for listening to the Dome Dog Podcast. You can catch me on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Podbean, most podcast platforms. And don't forget to join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Dome Dog Pod. That's D-O-M-E-D-A-W-G-P-O-D. Talk to you tomorrow.